Hey guys, welcome. Um, well, I get to talk to you about anxiety and worry, and I am gonna be real honest right from the start of this. I have struggled with this topic, um, I would say on and off for probably about 36 years, maybe go to say. Um, next month I'll be 36, so it should be about 36 years. Um, but I, so, well, so as we were talking about what I was gonna talk about today and that when this topic was handed to me, I, or when I, we agreed on it together, it wasn't just handed to me, but when we talked about it, I instantly had a natural reaction of getting anxious about talking about anxiety, so this is gonna be great. But I, um, one of the things that I love about this community, and I love a lot of things about, but, about it, but one of the things I love most is that our, when we are honest and vulnerable about our weaknesses, it is celebrated and encouraged because it's often in our weaknesses that we have the most growth in the Lord. And so I'm excited to share with you what the Lord has been teaching me through this because this has been an area of weakness for me. But just to level the playing field, has anybody ever worried about anything? Ah, oh, good. Okay, for those of you who didn't raise their hand, um, according to Webster, I'm just going to define it for you so you know if you're unfamiliar with it. Webster says... That worry is when you give way to anxiety or unease or allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Or worry is a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems, problems that aren't even real yet. Um, so now let's try this one more time. Who has ever worried about anything? Okay, you guys are all lying. Who didn't raise your hands? Um, before we begin, I want to pray, and then I'm going to have Shannon come up and read the scripture that we're going to be studying today. Um, God, thank you for today. Thank you that you have told us not to worry. Thank you that you have us. Um, God, I ask that you move in our hearts, and that you move in my life right now, and that you will speak through me. In your name we pray. Amen. This is Luke 12, 22 to 31. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. As I've studied this passage in the past, a lot of times I always focus, I often focus on the do's and don'ts. Don't worry, don't be anxious, do this, do that. And I honestly think we do that all the time in Christianity in general, in our relationship with God. We take this beautiful love story and this beautiful relationship, and we turn it into a list of do's and don'ts, and it becomes fruitless. And honestly, it's tiresome, and we try and try, and it just doesn't work. So this time, I took a different approach. I decided to focus on the one giving the command and why he gave it. And for me, it changed everything. Um, so as I was studying this, 
and asking the question, why does Jesus say not to worry? I was challenged with four reasons that I'm going to share with you today. And the first one is super short. Um, in Luke 12:25, Jesus lays out a pretty logical argument to us and, as to why we shouldn't worry. And he simply says that we cannot add a single hour to our life by worrying. Okay? So that's enough, right? It, he's basically saying that worrying is pointless. It does nothing. It accomplishes nothing. Just don't do it. And honestly, I feel like that should be enough, and we should be able to just pack up and go um, because it does nothing for us. And I feel like if I elaborate on that anymore, it takes away from that point. So we're just going to leave it at that. Shortest point ever as a speaker. You're welcome. Don't do it. But the next three things that I found um, were really impactful to my life. In verse 22 and 23, he says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Did you hear that part? Your life is more than this. He's saying your life is more than sitting here and being worried about this. I've come to give you life and give you life to the full. And worrying is less than the life that I've intended for you. And then he goes on in 29 and 30 and he says, Don't be worried. Don't fixate your thoughts on these things of the world. The Father knows your needs. Seek him. Seek his kingdom, not the things of this world. And this is the point that convicted me the most as I was studying. This combination of do not worry because your life is more than this and seek my kingdom. Because worry and fear and anxiety, whether it's about the past or the future, robs us of living into the kingdom right here and right now. And that is the life that he has for us, is living into his kingdom. Picture the last time you were worried and focused on something and dwelling on something, whether it's a real problem or a potential problem. And think about the amount of time that you spent in your own head, um, the amount of time you spent processing the what-ifs, the amount of time you spent planning for all these things that may or may not happen, and how much of the time that you've, you've dwelt on guilt and worry from something from the past that has already been completely forgiven. Your life is more than this. He's called you into something greater. And I believe that in this passage, Jesus is calling us out of worry and into the kingdom, into seeing what's right in front of you, here and now, living a life focused on what he has for you. Not today, or not tomorrow, not the next day, not six months, or the what-ifs of five years from now. But now, he's saying, worrying does nothing, I know your needs, I will take care of your needs, and you're missing out on what I'm doing in your life and in the lives of those around you, in the lives of those in this city, what I'm inviting you into. Anxiety prevents you from trusting his plan, and Jesus is calling you back into the rational and into the present in this passage. And even more than that, he's calling you to him. Because worry does the exact opposite. It holds you down. It keeps you in the past or it keeps you in the future. It keeps you from making kingdom decisions and paralyzes you. And I know this because I've lived it. I can think back to many times in my life where I have been paralyzed with guilt or worry um, to the point where I've just felt stuck. And I've seen other people do it. I, I have some friends recently who've made some decisions that I would say was out of fear and it carried them out of community and out of this life that God has laid before them. Um, decisions not to follow the next step God has laid before them because they were fearful and worried about the what ifs. And I think if we're honest, we've all done that to some degree. And as I was thinking about this, I was reminded actually of one of Jesus's healings. Uh, it's in John 5, 1 through 9, or yeah, 5, 1 through 9, if you wanna open with me, you don't have to, I'm gonna read it to you. But it says this, it's the healing at the pool. And it says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Bethesda, sorry guys, I'm seeing nervous. Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. 
the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, he replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. Now you may be thinking, Julie, I thought we were talking about anxiety and now you're throwing in one of Jesus' miracles. But I have to imagine that this has been some of us. It's been me and I imagine it's some of you too. We are unable to live into the present because we are paralyzed with fear and worry about the things that are not of this kingdom or things that may, may happen making choices based on what ifs. And I think the command of do not worry is paralleled, paralleled directly with the command, then pick up your mat and walk. Be free. Live into the life that I have laid before you. Your life is more than this. Right here and right now, trust me. I know you. I love you. And I know your needs. Which brings me to the third reason why I feel like he says this. Why does he know our needs? He knows because we are important to him. God made you, and he deeply values you. Jesus says, do not worry, because you are valuable to him. I have three daughters. Think of something that, you, that is valuable to you, that's important to you. And I naturally go to my kids. Um, I'm sure some other people do. But even simplify it a little bit more. Uh, a few years ago, one of my daughters really wanted American Girl doll. She saved up. She had a killer lemonade stand, raised a ton of money. She saved and saved. Um, and she finally got it. And what did she do when she got this doll, right? She put it in a special place. She took care of it. She was gentle with it. She treasured it. Right? And that's a doll, right? So let's look back at this passage. After Jesus says that life is more than food in the body, more than clothes, he then goes on to say, Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Ravens at the time, as a little side note, ravens were considered unclean according to Jewish law, and they were the least respected of all the birds. Um, and he says, how much more valuable are you than birds? If I'm taking care of these birds, of course I'm going to take care of you. And just a few verses earlier in Luke 12:6, Jesus says again, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. Fear not. You are valuable. Do not worry. You are valuable to me. Jesus, again, is giving a very logical and simple reason. You are valuable to me. Therefore, I obviously will take care of you. But here may be a part of the root of the problem. Is you don't see your own value. You're so plagued with guilt or worry or lack of self-worth that you don't know your own value. But don't confuse the brokenness of this world and the pain of living in a broken world with God's love for you. He has made you and he has made you valuable. Know that you are incredibly valued, deeply loved, and unbelievably important. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, what you're doing now. I'm going to say it again. You are incredibly valued, deeply loved, and unbelievably important to God and to the kingdom. And it's not because of anything we've done. It's because he has placed his value on you. He has made you. You are his child. You are treasured. You are deeply valued by your creator. There's nothing you can do to take it away. And he has declared you valuable, and you cannot change that. 
And truly, I think if we just sat in that and breathed that in, and we knew that, and we lived that, we'd have no reason to worry. And that's truth. Jesus is saying, if God even takes care of something with as little value as a raven, of course he will take care of you, his child. And this brings me to my last point. Jesus says, do not worry because he knows who God is and what he is capable of. See, I believe we fall into worry because we forget, forget that we're valuable to him, but we also forget who he is, right? We forget to fa- or fail to trust who God is. It's oft- we're often like those disciples. You know when Jesus feeds the 5,000, and then a little bit later, a few passages later, he comes up, and there's a whole crowd of people again, and the disciples come up to him, and they're like, Jesus, Jesus, there's, there's a bunch of hungry people. What are we going to do? And Jesus is like, do you remember? Like, I just fed 5,000. Do you remember who I am? I'm capable of this. I've got this. Don't worry. Um, we, that is us. We know. We see God move all the time, and yet when things come up, we all of a sudden are like, ah, what are we going to do? And then we get stuck in it. So I'm going to cheat on this point a little bit. We right here are sitting in a community of people who know God and love God and have seen God move over and over and over in our lives. So right now, we're going to take just a couple minutes, um, and I'm going to ask you guys to just shout out some characteristics of God, who God is to you, what he is. You can fill in the blank, God is faithful or loyal, but go ahead. What was that? Savior. A little louder. Loving. Good. Mm-hmm. Keep going. I know there's more. I know it's getting awkward with the silence, but keep going. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Bigger. Guys, he's loving, he's loyal, he's a healer, he's a miracle worker, he's all these things. He's bigger than all of these things that we have, all these issues that we have. Jesus says, do not worry because he knows who God is, and I think we need to be reminded of that right now. He knows what God is capable of, and you know who he is. Trust that. Because when we take our eyes off of ourselves and off of our worry and place them onto God, life is much different. Our heart changes. He has this. He knows me. He knows you. He loves you. And he knows every single need that you and I have. Now, I know that there's people sitting in this room going through really big things, and I don't want to minimize any of that, and that is not what this is about. Um, But I also want to say that when Jesus was standing there talking about this and saying these things, he was standing amidst brokenness. He was standing in our world saying these things. He knows brokenness. He knows your pain. He knows the depth of the things that you have to worry about. But he still says, do not worry. Even in the midst of a broken world, he knows us intimately and knows what we need, and what we need is him. So my challenge to you today is three things. One, Don't let fear and worry paralyze you anymore. Lean into Jesus. Live into his kingdom. Make kingdom choices, not choices based on fear. Don't miss out on what he's doing in the life he's inviting you into right here and right now. And two, know who you are. You are his child. You are treasured. You are loved. 
You are deeply valued. You are important to the kingdom. He wants to do incredible things with your life because he loves you and knows you. And three, know and trust who he is. And when worry becomes a dwelling point, ask yourself, what characteristic of God do I need to lean into right now? What truth do I need to be reminded of? He is faithful. He is loving. He is kind. He is generous. He's gracious. He heals. He's miraculous. Dwell and trust on who God is. And if you need some reminders, go to your small group this week and ask them. Tell them what you're struggling with and say, remind me the truth in God. Because when you get even a glimpse of the characteristic of God, there is nothing you can do but lean further into him. And when we lean into him and his love, he will cast out all worry and fear. Because there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Let's pray.